0: welcome to the we are here for good podcast i'm pastor jen fight from good shepherd lutheran church in the heart of beautiful howard wisconsin and during this time as many of us are practicing social distancing we remember that as the body of christ we are here for good and we are better together and we're an easter people we are people who live in the hope of the resurrection we know that death does not have the last word over us. Today, our Bible study is focusing on our gospel reading for this coming Sunday's worship, an Easter story that begins on the road out of Jerusalem on the evening of the first Easter Sunday. Today's reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. And we are in the very last chapter of Luke's orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us. Just before our reading for today, the women went to the tomb early in the morning. The stone had been rolled away and the women were greeted by two men, presumably angels, who told them the good news that Jesus Christ is not here. He is risen from the dead. The women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women, they immediately went to tell the apostles, but the apostles did not believe them. These words seemed to them an idle tale. Peter was the only one of the men who went to the tomb to see for himself and the resurrection of Jesus, the best news ever. The resurrection of Jesus was lost on them. They missed out on the good news of Easter on Easter because it all seemed to them an idle tale. It's on that same day, the first Easter, the Easter, that two disciples leave town. They head out of Jerusalem, and that is where a gospel reading begins. Today I'll be reading from the message translation of the Bible. It's a contemporary language translation, and it helps me to hear this familiar old, old story in a new way. As we read this story, what details catch your attention? What words or phrases pique your interest? What questions are stirred in you as you hear these words? Reading from Luke 24 verses 13 through 35. That same day, two of them were walking to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? He said, What has happened? They said, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed both by God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with a story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said. But they didn't see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, So thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So Jesus went in with them. And here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. Then Jesus disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road? As he opened up the scriptures for us? They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that happened on the road and how they recognized Jesus when he broke the bread. We begin looking more closely at the first few verses, verses 13 through 18. That same day, two of them were walking to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, "'What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along?' They just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? Much of Luke's gospel takes place on the road. Luke's Jesus is always going somewhere. Way back in chapter 9, Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. He set his face to the cross. He's been on the move ever since. And now, now these two followers want to get out of town. They want to get out of Jerusalem. Maybe they're just going home. Maybe they don't want to be reminded of all that's happened in these last few days. Whatever the reason, they head out of town and they're on the road, and suddenly Jesus shows up, and they were not able to recognize who he was. Huh, interesting. How did they not know it was Jesus? Did he look different? Were they just not expecting to see a dead man? Or were their eyes veiled in some way for some reason? And Jesus wants to know why they look so sad. Well, haven't you heard? Don't you keep up on the news? The two followers of Jesus are as dumbfounded as we would be if some stranger asked us why we were wearing a mask in the grocery store or why they couldn't shake our hand. And the two on the road go on to share with this virtual stranger the news of the day. We hear in verses 19 through 25, Jesus said, what has happened? They said the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said. But they didn't see Jesus. The two on the road tell Jesus everything. Everything that has been playing on the 24-hour news cycle, every gory detail, and they stick to the facts. But then, as they tell their story, they do one little bit of editorializing. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. They had their hopes up. I've had my hopes up. Maybe you've have had your hopes up. And then we hear something else on the news. And our hopes are dashed. And then there was this weird stuff that the women said. But we couldn't prove for sure that they were telling the truth. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. This is funny, right? Do you think Jesus giggled or snorted a bit when they said to him, but they didn't see Jesus? What a silly thing to say when Jesus is standing right in front of you. And then Jesus lays into them in verses 25 through 27. Then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that, that the prophet said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses and, and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? Because we are thick-headed. Because we are slow-hearted. Because it all sounds too good to be true. And to these two ignorant fools, Jesus explains the entirety of Scripture. Scripture. He points to the traditions of the past to explain what they're experiencing today. Scripture is the foundation and the litmus test to measure whether the words of the women about the tomb are trustworthy and true. And we still use the words of Scripture to measure our experiences today. And then the story ends, verses. 28 through 31 through 35. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him, Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them, and here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then Jesus disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road? As he opened up the scriptures for us? They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that had happened on the road and how they recognized Jesus when he broke the bread. They're about to part ways with this stranger on the road but they decide to invite him to dinner instead. And it is in the meal, it is around a table, that they see Jesus for who he truly is. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is either on the road, on the move, or sitting at a table, dining with sinners and tax collectors, eating at the pharisee's home, eating at zacchaeus's home, feeding 5000 people out in the middle of nowhere, sharing the passover with his friends. It's around an ordinary dinner table that they see they see Jesus. And it's around our dinner tables too that the good news of the resurrection is shared. It's when we are eating a lazy Saturday breakfast or a quick dinner before a busy night or maybe a not-so-busy night nowadays. It is in these times that God shows up unannounced, leading us and guiding us to talk about this story, our story, the story of all of Scripture, this story that changes everything, this story that changes us, this story that defines us. It's at the table with our family and friends that we experience this life-changing, death-defying death death story, this story of good news. As you continue to think about the story of the resurrection, I invite you to think about Jesus' encounter with these two on the road. Why couldn't they see Jesus right away? And why do we struggle to see Jesus still? And think, too, about the important conversations you have around your dinner table. How often does Jesus pull up a chair? And do you invite him to stay a while longer? To linger? As we hold these questions in our hearts, Let us pray. God of the resurrection, you meet us in ordinary meals, and you show your promises to us through ordinary stories of ordinary people. Give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see you. Give us ears. Give us ears to understand your word. And it's calling on our lives. And make us a people of hope. A people who trust that you are doing what you promised to do so long ago. A people who trust that you will not fail us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessings, my brothers and sisters in Christ. God be with you this week.